Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are going to be recapping the 2019 movie, Can You Keep a Secret? Starring Tyler Hoechlin and Alexandra Daddario. Yes, she's been in a lot of stuff lately. I don't remember seeing her in anything else. Well, she was in a season of The White Lotus, which is an amazing show. It's it's a really, really good show. And she was also in Percy Jackson. There you go. What are you talking about? You've never seen her anything. I didn't know it was her. I've actually, I've never seen Percy Jackson. My kids have, so I've seen part of it. I mean this without any disrespect, but I feel like you cannot mistake her for anyone else. Like those eyes, they are as large as the moon. They're like crazy blue too. Like they like glow. You could see her in the dark two miles away. Okay. You can't. Oh, for sure. You can't mistake her. For sure. If I were to think anybody was actually a werewolf, it would be her. She definitely has werewolf vibes. I, I don't know. I'm For sure. I'm raking my head right now. Like, has anyone ever seen her and a full moon at the same time? I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like there are people out there who have the time, the resources, and the patience to investigate this. They can go to their local library and review some historical newspaper articles. Our email is fictionfixationpodcast at gmail.com. Please email <laughs> us your findings. Yes. On a separate but related note, Veronica Roth has never emailed us back. So if you listen to our episode where we recap the movie Divergent, Courtney sent Veronica Roth a really long, interesting email requesting the smutty mm-hmm. scenes from the movie. But yeah, apparently Miss Roth uh, never responded. She has not. Is your email being sent with a green bubble now? Are you blocked? Is that what happens? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. When you oh. when you block someone on text, you get the green bubble. On iPhones, oh. you're Android. Oh, sometimes I feel like we're, we're from different planets. You will never convince me to be an iPhone user. I am just glad we have just really great representation here on Fiction Fixation. We have the Apple user and you're sitting over there with your Windows PC and Mm -hmm. Android phone. Yes. It's like you are in 1995. I cannot wait for Apple users to get off their high horse. (laughs) I'm sorry. Can your phone do this? What did you do? Okay. She just shook her. I I almost said iPhone. I can shake my phone and then the flashlight comes on and then I shake it again and the flashlight goes off. Do you have to go open your screen and hit a button? I don't know. Yes. It's almost like Android phones are designed for, I don't know, criminals who need flashlight in in a moment's notice. You know what? Who's going to be laughing when you need a criminal? (laughs) <laughs> I need a criminal. And you, ha- and you fumble with your phone. You know what? I hope you get stuck in a haunted house and you can't get your flashlight on quick enough. Okay. You know what? We've gotten off on the wrong foot here. Let's let's dial it back a little bit. People are going to think that mom and mom are fighting. Our moms are fighting. Let's, let's jump into it because I have some things to say. Our movie starts with Alexandra Daddario's character, Emma Corrigan. She is in Chicago on a business meeting. It's not going very well. She is trying to sell this energy drink to a cruise line. As drinks do, it explodes everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's very embarrassing for her. So then she has to take the plane ride of shame back home, having not scored the deal. And as she's walking into the plane, the flight attendant takes one look at her. And I don't know if the flight attendant is catching the espresso depresso vibes or if she's catching the she might be a werewolf vibes. Both. 
There's no werewolves in this movie. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. (laughs) So the flight attendant upgrades her to first class. Already tipsy, Emma is like, fuck yeah, first class. Can you believe you get an upgrade for being sad? I'm sad all the time. I've gotten a free upgrade to first class once. Hmm. Who'd you showed your titties to? I was 12, so no one. (laughs) I was 12, and I think it's just because I was an unaccompanied minor at the time, and the flight attendants had to watch me. They were like, yeah, just put her up front. Emma is so excited to be in first class. She gets champagne, and she immediately starts getting lit as a titty. Is that how you say it? I've never heard the phrase lit as a titty. Okay. Well, I was trying to be cool and obviously it backfired. (laughs) (laughs) You just throw titties into anything. It's automatically cool. Yeah. She was as drunk as a skunk. She's pretty drunk before they even taxi away from the jetway. Mm -hmm. Her seatmate, the person sitting next to her, a tall, dark-haired, sharp-jawed man. This guy is really cute. He gives me, like, Italian vibes, don't you think? Mm -hmm. He's a little bit of Italian, maybe mob, like a little sprinkle of mob there. We're not stereotyping. We're objectifying. It's different. Yes. Emma is terrified of flying. She's drunk. Mm Mm-hmm. On the flight, they hit some major turbulence. We're talking about the overhead compartments opening up and luggage spilling out. The flight attendant is like, hey, everybody sit down. Everything's going to be fine. And then rushes down the aisle. So yeah, it, it, it looks bad. It does look bad. And Emma, who's already terrified of flying, is now certain that she's going to die. So what do you do when you think you're going to die? Well, if you're Catholic, you want to have that last confession. Emma tells the gentleman sitting next to her all of her secrets. She's just dumping all the intrusive thoughts that she's ever had in her life to the stranger beside her. I mean, the way you couldn't waterboard these secrets out of me. (laughs) This guy is sitting there wide eyed. He is staring at her. He is not interrupting her. He is letting her talk. Mm -hmm. He looks like he's having a blast. As would I. Oh, yeah. He's like, continue. Tell me more. (laughs) I would be so excited. This would be the highlight of my entire trip. He finally interrupts her. He says, we just landed. The turbulence has been over for like 30 minutes. I guess she was in such a drunk trance. She didn't realize that for 30 minutes, she was uh, confessing all her intrusive thoughts for no reason. And she's like, why didn't you interrupt me? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, no. You seem like you needed to get it off your chest. He's a really good listener. It's a green flag. That is a green flag. But you know what's a red flag? He looks too Mm. excited. We would all have the same look of glee on our face. I don't want to hear intrusive thoughts. I want to hear, you know, like real secrets. Tell me your real secrets. Tell us all the secrets. Tell us all the secrets. (laughs) That's that's Courtney (laughs) using her medicine as a macarena. (laughs) Are we okay? Like, I don't know. Our intrusive thoughts are winning today. Emma's a little shaken. She was just really open and vulnerable for the first time in her life. That's not a corkscrew you could put back on the bottle. You just have to drink the rest of the bottle. (laughs) You just have to. Until all your feelings are gone. Now she's being picked up at the airport by her boyfriend. Her boyfriend is really the human equivalent of a bowl of plain oatmeal. Her boyfriend gives me gay best friend vibes. He can tell she's like shell-shocked and upset, but he's still like, we should move in together. Yeah, he's kind of dropping a big life decision on her, which she's not ready to make. She just starts crying. 
The next day, Emma goes to work. By the way, her boyfriend works with her, which is to me, if I go to work and I still can't get away from you, mm-hmm. that's just a lot for me. I don't know. I like to have space. I like to miss people. Missing people is really underrated. Well, also, if you work together, you guys don't have anything to talk about when you get home because like, you were there. When Emma gets to work, everyone's just kind of like hustling and bustling around the office, which is abnormal. Jack Harper, who's the head of the company, is just popping up for a random visit. So everyone's like, we have to make it look like we're doing a good job. You know, smile. Look like you love it here. Airplane guy is the head boss. Yes. The guy that Emma spilled all of her secrets and intrusive thoughts to. The guy that she told about how she hates things at work. The guy who she confessed she had a secret code with her coworker to just get out of the office and gossip. That guy Mm -hmm. is her boss. And not just her boss, the head of the company, who I would think would have the Mm -hmm. most interest in making sure his employees don't suck. At this point, Emma is trying to make herself as inconspicuous and small as possible. But she looks like a werewolf, so it's really hard. His eyes zero in on her. He notices her right away. And she's trying Mm -hmm. to just kind of put her hands by her face. And when she can't do Mm -hmm. that, she tries to hold a coffee cup to her mouth. And, you know, it's just not working. He, He saw you, girl. And he pretends like he doesn't know her, like they've never met. He comes over and he's like, how's the coffee? which she complained about on the plane. And she's like, mm, it's fantastic. It's the best. It's such good coffee. She makes like a weird voice. She tries to make her voice deep. Yeah. And she's not making eye contact. Obviously, he knows that's her. Right. She knows that's him. And he knows that she knows that he knows. Everyone's (laughs) in the know about it. Those two are. Yeah. He is so amused. She is thunderstruck right now. She's panicking. You can tell that her internal thought process is basically just a string of profanities. Emma goes to his office and she apologizes. And she says, you know, in my defense, I had no idea who you were. You know what? To be fair, he's he's not mad. He's not. He's not. He, like I said, he is completely amused. And then he's like, by the way, um, I'd appreciate it if nobody knew I was in Chicago. So like, you know, if you can just keep that on the DL, we'll call it even. I can keep your secret if you could keep mine. So they agree to keep each other's secrets. I feel like anytime someone says they're keeping your secret, there's at least one person they're going to tell your secret to. For sure. You know what I mean? Your secrets are between me and my sister, you know, like it's one of those things where like <laughs> there are very few secrets that right. people have told me that I've kept to myself. Right. Just so you're aware, Courtney will not keep your secrets. <laughs> if you tell me a secret, I have to tell Rose and Natalie. Well, just know there is a network of people keeping your secrets because I don't I don't spill the secrets that are spilled to me from people that are spilling other people's secrets, you know, but if I'm at the top of the chain of secrets. I'm going to tell somebody. (laughs) Like, if you tell me a secret about someone, I'm not going to tell anybody. But if you tell me a secret about you. You got to tell one other person. There always has to be a web of secrets. Your secrets cannot die with you. No. Unless you join the mob and take out everyone in the web. Goals. Later that day, Emma's work bestie comes up and was like, hey, can you run the numbers with me? 
Jack's right there and Jack knows what run the numbers means. Right. Because Emma told him on the plane she has this secret code with her coworker, and run the numbers mm-hmm. really means girl let's go get a cup of coffee and gossip about the office. That's what it really means. And Emma's like oh nope I I can't I can't nope I'm really busy um, I'll be a hindrance. She's trying to make all these excuses and her friend's like bitch I said run the numbers yeah we need to gossip right now (laughs) so jack just leans over emma's desk and goes i think you should go run the numbers with him yes i feel like he's definitely using what he knows kind of holding it over her head a little bit he's making all these sly comments that kind of hint to things that she told him and so Mm -hmm. she's just shitting bricks And he's having a grand old time with it, too. This is like the highlight of his fucking life. Yeah, well, he's having so much fun messing with her. He can see that she's really nervous and she's scared of getting in trouble. And he he finds that really fun. Put a pin in that because I have a comment about that. So Emma and her work bestie go get coffee. Emma's co-worker actually abandons her in the elevator with Jack. The co-worker just goes, I'm going to take the stairs. And so Emma ends up in the elevator with Jack alone. And we know what elevators do to people. Okay. Goddamn elevators, man. Elevators make people lit as a titty. No. <laughs> no, no. No. That's n- quit trying to make lit as a titty happen. Why doesn't it work? <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work. It just doesn't. Okay. Well, Jack and Emma have hella tension on the elevator, but he kind of mm-hmm. opens up to her a little bit and he tells her, My partner and I, we also had a secret code. I would say, Bring me the Leopold files. And he knew that that was my cue for just wanting to talk to him in my office. The partner Jack is talking about was the co-owner of the company who Mm -hmm. died. And Courtney, we never get more information on how this guy died. It seems to have been a sudden death. Yeah. I don't think it was an illness. I think it was like an accident. It seems like it was a sudden tragic accident. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, girl. I don't know. But who benefited from that guy dying? I (gasps) wonder. Do you think Jack did it? I don't know. Or helped? I am not going to, uh, yeah, maybe. (laughs) We actually don't get any information on this, but I get to have my theories, okay? Yeah, we literally have zero. All we know is that his name was Pete. Listen, if I can't weave murder into a story, I don't want it. So Emma's feeling a little bit better because, like, again, Jack doesn't seem mad. He's just like, yeah, like, sometimes you need to get away from your desk. Sometimes you need to shit talk your coworkers. It's okay. He's not like other bosses. You know, he's a cool boss. And a hot boss. And a hot boss. The elevator moves a couple floors and Emma's boyfriend gets on the elevator. He just saps all of the sexual tension out of the room. It just gone. Immediately gone. And Jack's like, you know what? Um, I've been meaning to talk to you, Emma's boyfriend. You ever find Emma working here distracting? Hmm. And he's like, oh, no, absolutely not. Like, I forget she exists sometimes. <laughs> like, what? I don't even have a girlfriend when I'm on the clock. Yes. And honestly, I can't tell if he's overcompensating for, you know, talking to the boss or if, if that's legitimately how he feels. I honestly think that's probably legitimately how he feels. Yeah. Because there is zero sexual chemistry between Emma and her boyfriend. I think he, you know, I think he bats for the other team. You know what? That would make so much sense yeah. if he does. Yeah. So they're all headed to this company meeting for Panda Bites, which is another product that they're looking to launch. Emma's boyfriend basically says, after all these marketing studies, 
our target demographic is millennials. But also millennials aren't wanting to buy the product. Yeah, it's so strange. And Emma pipes up with, my grandpa loves Panda Bites. He eats them like four or five times a day. Yeah. She suggests targeting a different demographic. And they're like, no, you're dumb and wrong because you have ovaries. Yes, your ovaries are clouding your judgment. No one is really listening to her. No, no one is listening to her except for kind of Jack. Yeah, his ears kind of perk up like the little chihuahua he is. Jack is always super aware of Emma, what she's saying, Mm -hmm. what she's doing, where she's at. He's kind of like a sunflower and she's the sun. His head just sort of follows her. I find sunflowers really creepy. Is it because they're giant? The center of a flower is the creepiest part. And the Mm -hmm. sunflower is all center. It's a gigantic center the size of your head. I don't know. I love sunflowers. I think they're really pretty. They are massive. Sometimes I like to like walk around sunflowers and I feel like a little woodland creature. It's like, oh my God, is this what bunnies feel like? (laughs) I'm like a little field mouse. Yeah, like a little mouse. After the meeting, Emma is clearing things up. Jack just happens to linger and Mm -hmm. he asks her a question, which honestly is a little inappropriate for a boss to ask. Oh, for sure. Jack says, so your boyfriend, is is he the one? Emma is uncomfortable by the question and she goes, mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking, but you're wrong. Jack is like, are you convincing me or yourself? And Courtney, this is the only evidence there is that other people are picking up on the vibes that boyfriend might be uh-huh. wanting, a you know, a schlong in his face. Yeah. And you know what? That night at home, one of the roommates is like, yeah, have you guys ever like had sex at work? Do something spicy. Do something daring. Bring that spark back. Just make it illegal. A little little sprinkle of illegal. Mm -hmm. So the next day, Emma texts her boyfriend to meet her in the archive room. She's already starting to take her clothes off. And he's like, no, no, this is not okay. She is quite literally throwing herself on him. And he's not about it. And she just breaks up with him afterwards. His breakup speech before he leaves is amazing. He says, I'm a catch. I listen. I perform cunnilingus and I opened your world up to jazz. (laughs) And I'm like, sir, I want none of that. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is that she hates jazz. Yeah, she hates jazz. And she also hates his cunnilingus. Yeah, especially when you call it that. It sounds like a disease. I know, like you're going to catch it. But she just breaks up with him and she's like, oh, and you can tell that she feels so much better. It was long overdue. She really needed to do that a long time ago. Later that afternoon, her boss is like, hey, Jack would like for you to bring him the Leopold file. Remember, that was the fake file that Jack told her he would make up to have his partner come hang out with him at his office. So she actually makes a fake Leopold file. She wanted it to look legit. She's you. She's just so extra. That's something you would do. Decoys. Yes, I love it. (laughs) Decoys. She goes up to the office, I guess through the grapevine of office drama tea talk. He heard of the breakup. So he brought her up there and asked her if she's doing okay after the breakup. Then he asked her out to dinner And I don't know, it's kind of risky for the head of a company to shoot his shot with his employee. He's like, this might be inappropriate, but I was wondering if I could ask you. And she's like, like a date? And he's like, dinner, but yeah, date. I like that he did say this might be inappropriate. And really, he should have Mm -hmm. phrased that as a question. When you're in a position of power, you have to be very careful. 
Yeah, for for sure. But she's ecstatic about this date. She goes home. She tells her roommate. She gets ready. And he actually shows up early because he's like, I'm really afraid of being late to things. So I know I'm early. And it seems like he's significantly early because she's not even done getting dressed. They go out on this date and they initially try to get into this like super secret club, but that falls through. They go sit by the river and go eat by the river. And this is New York City. So they are seeing the city skyline at night, which is so romantic, but also very Mm -hmm. dangerous. Like you don't want to be out there at night, girl, under a bridge. You're about to get stabbed. Right. But anyway, he leans over to kiss her, but they get interrupted by a phone call. And he gets a lot of phone calls when he's around her. Uh Uh-huh. It's almost like he's hiding something. Ooh. Ooh. Saucy. He has a secret. He has a secret. It seems like something is going on, but he doesn't want to talk to her about it. He's just like, oh, yeah, it's not important. It's no big thing. And then they actually kiss. Yes, he goes in for a kiss. It's the, you know, it's the movie romantic kiss. Mm -hmm. And when they pull apart, she does something that just made me kind of groan in an irritated way because she looks at Mm -hmm. him in the eyes and says, you could have any woman. (laughs) Why would you say that, girl? Listen, like you're a catch, girl. You're a catch. She's a 10 out of 10. You can have any man. Yes. Like she's a 10 out of 10. He's like a 7 out of 10. Like calm down, you know? It's not that serious. They kiss by the riverside and then it seems like they immediately go to her place and hook up. Mm -hmm. They have sex and she's just so insecure because she just keeps making comments about how he's perfect and she's flawed. Um, Ladies, don't speak your insecurities out loud because they become more and more real the more you speak them out loud. Mm -hmm. Just lie to yourself. Just lie to everybody about your insecurities. Mm -hmm. Pretend you don't have insecurities. Shove them deep down inside of you. Shove them deep down inside. I just don't love how insecure she's coming across, you know? Yeah. Well, they do. They end up sleeping together that night. Then we get this little montage of their dates, of them hanging out, of them cuddling in bed. She makes him reveal a secret and he has um, webbed toes. He does have webbed toes. I bet he can swim really well. Right? (laughs) He's like a little frog. Mm. So during the montage, we see them on dinner dates and walks and lounging together the Mm -hmm. whole time. She is so vulnerable with him because in her head, he already knows all the worst things about her, but she's treating him like a therapist. Mm -hmm. And so because she's pouring herself into him, she feels like she's in love because that's what happens when you're vulnerable and you open up and you give yourself to someone. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're in love, but I don't know if he's there. Her roommate brings up one night, well, what do you know about him? Mm -hmm. And Emma has to kind of think about it, like his name. (laughs) Where he works. Like, do do you even know his birthday? It's one of those things to where she knows almost zero about him personally. Yeah, if he's not sharing himself he's not falling in love like you can't fall in love Mm -hmm. without opening up absolutely not so she is in denial 
that there's anything wrong. She's like, oh, no, like he'll open up eventually. Like I've opened up to him. Mm -hmm. So now he'll follow suit and open up to me. It's his turn. And I'm like, you know what? This is not vulnerability. This is just trauma dumping. Vulnerability is a process like you're opening up back and forth. If you're just sitting in Mm -hmm. front of someone pouring all of your crap onto them, that's not vulnerability. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. Welcome to my TED Talk. Brene Brown would be proud of me. (laughs) Emma is at work. She looks so fresh-faced and dewy. She has a flower in her hair. Yeah. She's wearing this cute little jean skirt. We're not told that Jack and Emma have kept their romance a secret, but it's pretty obvious that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, she seems a little too giddy and excited for someone who knows that everyone knows she's dating her boss. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, she seems way too giddy and excited. Her boss is like, hey, Jack's doing an interview. We're all going to watch it. Head to the conference room. During this interview, they were talking about the new line of health products geared towards women. The interviewer asks him, what do you know about, about your target audience? And he says, I know she's the girl on the street. He starts describing this girl on the street. And you could tell he's doing it kind of in a whimsical way. She has a My Little Pony bedspread. She has a flower in her hair and a jean skirt. She cries when she hears Imagine Dragons. As he's describing her, Emma's co-workers are looking over and realizing that he's describing Emma. See, I saw it as like a subconscious proclamation of feelings that he has for her. First of all, he was getting caught up in the moment and he was describing her mm-hmm. with, a, with kind of this wistfulness to it. However, mm-hmm. he is also giving away a lot of her secrets. After he's done with this big, long rant, he's like, that was really long. We can edit some of that out, right? And they're like, no, we're live. Yeah, we are live, my dude. And you just spilled all of Emma's deepest insecurities on live television. Her coworkers have now all turned to look at her because they're so they're like, wait a minute, that's Emma. And they're like, are you sleeping with our boss? Not only did her coworkers see it, she was in the room. Right. She got to witness them witnessing it. That does add an extra level of embarrassment because you can't even process it. And then her coworkers start singing Imagine Dragons. They are mocking her. And these are grown adults Mm -hmm. and they are all coming together to laugh at her because someone just revealed that she cries to this song. I got to tell you, that song hits me in the feels. It is it is kind of that song that hits you in the feels. I don't know that I would start sobbing, but... If somebody... Like, I would honestly start throwing hands at this point. Right. Like, some of you have never got your ass beat and it shows. <laughs> it was so petty. Like, who are these people? Emma just leaves. She is so embarrassed. She is humiliated at this point. Mm-hmm. Jack tries to call her and she just picks up and she's like, I never want to see or hear from you again. Never call me. This is pretty rough. I mean, because you could just tell that Emma is the type of person that she works really hard to come across a certain way and she's never opened Mm -hmm. up to anyone like that. So poor Emma is heartbroken. And one of her roommates, she's like, no, she's like, we just need to find out his secrets and expose them. Right. So like he exposed yours and then we have to get even. She's like, listen, I can help. I hooked up with a guy that works for a tabloid magazine. It's fine. We'll find his secrets and then expose them. Emma is not completely opposed to the idea because this is how angry she is in that moment. But Mm -hmm. she realizes she knows nothing about him. Yeah. She's like, he has webbed toes. And they're like, oh, that's a deformity. Like, you can't. 
You can't expose that. You can't make fun of that. She remembers. She's like, wait a minute. He told me not to tell anybody that he was in Chicago. And so, you know, that's all she knows is that he has the secret that he was in Chicago and he doesn't want anyone to know. The next day, Emma is having coffee with a co-worker. Once again, Jack tries to talk to her, but she will not talk to him. He apologizes no. and she tells him how violated she felt. She trusted him with all these secrets and he broadcasted them on live national television. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. Also, Emma is in a meeting. It's a marketing meeting about the panda bites that we talked about previously. After the first meeting, Emma suggested that they put an ad in a different magazine than they would normally put them into. Apparently, it did really well. Mm -hmm. So the boss is praising the owner of the account for his ingenuity. Mm -hmm. And normally, Emma would have just sat back and let him take the credit. She was not about that bullshit today. Emma speaks up and says, no, 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 it was my idea. And she takes the credit. And then Emma demands a promotion. She's like, "Ah, you told me that I could get the promotion after I did X, Y, and Z. I feel like I've done that, and I think I deserve that promotion now. Yeah, and she gets it on the spot. But of course, some of her coworkers make little comments about, oh yeah, well, it's easy to get a promotion when you're sleeping with the boss. And listen, Emma's supervisor does have a talk with her afterwards, and she tells her, okay, first of all, I need to know that your relationship with the boss is consensual. And it was so cool that she checked on that, you know? And then she also says to Emma that people are going to assume that anything she achieves is going to be because of her relationship with the boss. And that's something, mm -hmm. I mean, it's terrible, but it's something that you have to be prepared for going into a relationship like that. And she said that, you know, as women, you have to work twice as hard. And as a woman that was in a relationship with the boss, you're going to have to work five times as hard mm -hmm. because no one's ever going to believe that you earned what you got. Why would you make your life so difficult for a man? Right? It must be some good dick. It, listen, it needs to be the hydra of penises, okay? It needs to be a three-headed dog down there. Could you imagine what a three-headed penis could do? I honestly don't want to imagine that because it's not at all what, what I would want. I was just exaggerating. Like, what's better oh, than no, one it's penis? It's already in my head. I'm already imagining it. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, listen, I'm not I'm not opposed. Anyways, that's a deformity that um, <laughs> would be interesting to explore. So, you know, Emma got her promotion and she's really excited that evening. She is going to a show that her roommate is involved in a performance. Jack shows up. He admits to her why he was in Chicago. I guess it's his way of opening up to her because he mm -hmm. owes her that much. And he says that his big secret, the reason he doesn't want anyone to know that he was in Chicago is because he was visiting the four-year-old daughter of his partner who died. The tabloids don't know, the press doesn't know, and they're trying to keep her out of the spotlight. Okay, so your biggest secret is that someone else has a secret daughter? Look, if you're boring, just say that. No deep, dark secrets? None? This is it? Courtney, that's a, that's a red flag. Like 10 out of 10, he has a deep, dark sexual secret. Like something. Like, don't tell me you have no nothing. Mm -hmm. This is your darkest secret? Is that someone else has a, has a daughter? I can't work with that. I need trauma I can work with, you know? <laughs> lies. There's nothing to fix here. And I don't like it. <laughs> fair. That's fair. But he opens up to her about that. They kind of reconcile. She invites him to stay for the performance. 
at this point, you're like, oh my God, they're good. They reconciled. Everyone's fine now. But then you realize that there's still about 20 minutes of the movie left. Mm -hmm. um, And you're like, "Mm." still more time, still more time, still more time, still enough time to fuck it up. (laughs) Well, that's exactly what happens, because after the show, Emma's roommate brings the Inquirer reporter, the tabloid reporter to Uh the after show and pushes him in front of Emma and goes, Emma, tell him, tell him how Jack was in Chicago. He's like, so tell us. You were on a flight with Jack Harper from Chicago and Jack is like, what the hell? So obviously Jack thinks that she's selling his secrets mm-hmm. to tabloid. He is now devastated. You know, I don't like, no, I don't like this because Emma didn't do anything wrong. This was a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And yet now Emma's the bad guy. And she even follows him. She's like, Jack. Like, I didn't tell him anything. He doesn't know. I'm not giving an interview. This was all a big misunderstanding. And he's like, Emma, the one thing I asked you to keep a secret, which honestly, like, it's the only thing you've ever told her about yourself. Yeah. So, and then he literally just tells her, go finish the interview. Which she doesn't, obviously, because it's not what she wants to do. And it wasn't what she planned to do. Jack is leaving the city. He's, I guess he's mm-hmm. headed back to Chicago, his secret town. Like, why is this such a secret that he goes to Chicago? Yeah. Like the, the girl, the daughter is a secret. Okay. But no one has to know that that's what he's doing there. It's just weird. He's just so boring. Why are you making a problem out of nothing? I realize now when he was on the flight, he was wearing this hat really like kind of low on his face Mm -hmm. because he was secretly flying to go see someone else's secret baby. (laughs) Right? Like it's, dude, this isn't a mistress. Like it's not a brothel. Like what the fuck? It's just funny that this is the deepest, darkest secret. And he is just trying so hard to keep this a secret because it's the only one he has. It's not even your own secret. 10 out of 10, there's a dungeon in his basement full of just suspicious shit. I bet he's into some real kinky shit, though, (laughs) you know? (laughs) He has a red room of pain, for sure. It's always the innocent-looking, quiet ones, Mm -hmm. you know? Jack is in his first-class seat on his way to Chicago. Emma comes on the plane. She doesn't have a first-class seat this time. She's going to her coach seat. She stops at Jack, and she tells him, like, before they make me go to my own seat... I need to tell you. And she basically just spills her guts to him. Yeah, which she didn't need to do any more of. But she Mm -hmm. tells him how her whole life she based her value on what other people thought of her. And then she says, Mm -hmm. I met you and you knew all my secrets and you didn't leave. And I'm just like, girl, your secrets weren't that bad. (laughs) They weren't that that bad. (laughs) Like your boyfriend was bad at sex. Your coworkers suck. Like where's where's the terrible secret? Like, not even a candy bar you stole. You know what I'm saying? Not, none of that. She says that I need you to know that, like, I didn't give any interview. I didn't tell them anything. My friend thought I needed to get even with you. Your secret's still safe. Nobody knows. On that topic, if anyone listening wants to email us some fun secrets, we could uh, share them with our listeners anonymously. That would be fun. Oh, for sure. We can create a web of secret keepers, like we were saying, you know, Mm -hmm. a network of secret keepers. (laughs) And then you don't have to feel bad because it's all anonymous. Nobody can put them together. Anyways, Emma confesses to Jack that she loves him. She's just really sorry about the way things sort of happened. Emma goes back to her coach seat 
and squeezes the guy that's sitting on the aisle doesn't even get up to let her pass. She has to squeeze past him. Yeah, these are the largest aisles I've ever seen in an economy seats. You would not be able yes. to do that in rural economy. She's just kind of settling in for the flight. When here comes Jack back to coach, he just starts telling her secrets like he's afraid of the dark. Yeah, he just starts confessing a bunch of stuff. Um, It's very sweet, but very boring, kind of benign stuff. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they're as deep as a puddle. What kills me, though, is that he's confessing this over the guy that she's sitting next to, because there's a guy in the aisle seat, and he's mm-hmm. kind of confessing it past him, which, again, I would love to be that guy that's sitting there hearing this random stranger confessing stuff. I would love it. Mm-hmm. Jack offers his seat to the gentleman sitting next to Emma. He's like, hey, do you want my seat? It's uh, 2A. It's first class. And he's like, hell yeah, I do. The guy goes and takes Jack's seat and Jack sits down next to Emma. Yeah. And he confesses that he's scared of flying and she kisses him and she says, just keep talking. These people are confusing secrets with just fun facts. They're just fun facts. I'm scared of flying. That's not a secret. That's a fun fact. I'm scared of the dark. That's a fun fact. Yeah. I'm scared of being murdered when I'm walking to my car in the dark and from the grocery store. That's a fun fact about me. Saying that you accidentally embezzled money from your first job, that's a secret. Right, right. You have an affair with your mom's hairdresser. That's a secret. I like that secret. You ghost wrote a popular novel. Yeah, the secrets could have been more fun. Yeah, and you know what? We're just assuming that they lived happily ever after. Uh, yeah, we are assuming that. I just don't see them long term. You know what? I could see them long term, but I just, I need more from him. Right. You know? Yeah, that's what I mean. I need more from him. And also, she doesn't seem to have the best taste in men. She just seems to just go with mm. whoever's there, you know, her coworker and then her yeah. boss. It's like whoever's in front of her. <laughs> you know what? I, I wish the best for her. Okay, you know what? We don't have to be nice. She's not going to turn into a werewolf and eat us. We don't know that for sure. Maybe she will. Maybe she won't. <laughs> well, just in case, we really like you, ma'am. You're very pretty and your eyes are stunning. Um, yes, they are. And your secrets were perfectly appropriate for uh, a movie. Do you know what, though? Could have been better. You know what? For a movie, because is this rated R? They show a man's buttocks twice in the movie. It's not rated. It's not rated at all. Interesting. Mm-mm. Well, it's just interesting that they would take that kind of artistic leap to be like, let's show a man's entire butt on the screen, but then be like, okay, mm-hmm. can what are the most benign secrets we can come up with for someone to keep? Yeah. I would have loved for her secrets to have been career threatening. I would have loved for her to have been like, dude, I've been embezzling money from my company for like ever and they don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like shit like that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. But no, we got, I put orange juice in my coworkers plant. It's like, come on. They love that shit. That's like good for plants. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that is where our movie leaves us. Yes. The teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. More is bringing on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.